Hello, and welcome to the Rome Round League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Rome. In today's edition of the pod, I'm going to look at options of free agency for the Washington Commanders. The team has a good amount of cash space to make some quality moves to improve the team. I also talk about the combine from last week and look at some guys that have some standout performances. A lot to get to, so let's get started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So looking at the combine, obviously start with the quarterbacks. We start every offseason with the Washington Commanders is in that quarterback position. So uh, obviously keep an eye on Malik Willis. He didn't run the 40. I think he would have ran a 4-4, um, 4-5 at the slowest. But he looked great, you know, throwing the deep ball, had a couple you know, misfires and some in-breaking rounds, which, you know, isn't um, – was to be expected based off his film and you know his progression here at where he was at Liberty, but um, it seemed like he did really well um, in in the interview process of the combine. That's huge for a quarterback, especially one that needs to go up draft boards. Um, it was obviously very nice and very you know heartwarming to see him you know pass out and give some clothes. Or I think I had it was to a um, homeless person on the street in Indianapolis. Obviously, it's a good character guy to have as your quarterback and leader of your franchise. So um, check some boxes there. But um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he does as pro day. I'm sure he's going to have a phenomenal pro day. Usually everyone does. It's scripted for it to be that way. Uh, maybe he runs a 40 there, but even then, I think you don't even need to. You know what kind of elusiveness and speed that he brings to, your, to the football field as a quarterback. Desmond Ritter had a really nice, uh, excuse me, very, very nice uh, combine. Ran a 4 5 40. I think he was the fastest of all the quarterbacks. I think Malik Willis would have beat him out, but, you know, Ritter um, definitely displayed his athleticism. Um, he did, you know, he, he said he likened himself to a Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson type. Obviously, Deshaun Watson would be the absolute ceiling, which I don't think he's that kind of player, but he does remind me of Ryan Tannehill. I think it's a very good um, comparison for him. Um, you know, good arm strength, a little bit erratic at, at times of the accuracy. I think he'd be a second-round target for this team, especially if they sign with someone in free agency. But Ritter, again, he has a really good locker room guy, really good leader. Um I know he won all his interviews. Again, he's, he's that, that type of personality and that type of uh, person. So um, I think he, again, another had a nice, really nice solid performance, kind of validated what a lot of people thought his athleticism was with that 40 time and a really nice broad jump as well. Kenny Pickett, the, you know, the, the story of the uh, combine was eight and a half inch hands. would be the smallest ever for a starting NFL quarterback, or I think second, I think Vic had four, eight and a half too, but definitely be the smallest in the NFL currently. Um, a lot of people blame just the way the way his thumbs don't bend very wide enough, so that's why he couldn't get a larger um, measurement or whatever. Either way, you know it's a concern. It's not end all be all, but it is something to think about. He did have 26 fumbles at the time. Pittsburgh gets a lot, a lot of fumbles over his five year career, so that it, it, it's, it's not nothing. It definitely is important. Um, again, he still is the most safest quarterback in this class. Um, he has a very high floor, so I think he still is going to go in the top 15, top 20 picks in the NFL draft. Running back. Stars of the show, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. He's going to be a second rounder. He was a transfer from Wake Forest. Had a great year. His more lone season in Michigan State this past year. Brees Hall blew up the combine. I thought he was my number one running back coming into the 2021 college season. I think he's still going to be there. I think he should be the top one taking, fighting Kenneth Walker for that spot. And then James Cook, the Georgia running back, Dalvin Cook's brother. He's going to be a great option out of the backfield. Maybe someone Washington could look at if he lasts to the third round, if they have to replace J.D. McKissick. But, um, again, I think Cook's going to be behind that, and I hope they re-sign J.D. McKissick and they want it to be in that position. But James Cook is another guy that uh, had a nice combine, is going to be a good running back in the NFL. Wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, I think, validated. Um, 
I think I'm going to put him securely as the number one wide receiver in this draft class. You know, that sub 4440, I think it was a 437. Um, that was awesome to see. I knew he was quick. I didn't know he had you know, the 437. I thought he was more of a high 4-4 guy. But either way, that was great to see. He was smoothing out of his routes. Um, again, I've said him all times, an acrobat in the air, um, contortionist in the way he moved his body to you know make tough catches. So I really like him. I think he should be in play for Washington pick 11. Chris Olave ran another sub 4-4, another Ohio State guy. Um, the pedigree of Ohio State receivers are him and Gary Wilson and all the you know, already NFL stars. He's going to go in the top 20 picks. I think he can go to New Orleans at 18, Philly at 20, or even one of the Phillies 15 or 16 picks, maybe even the Chargers at 17, um, but maybe not after they just re-signed Mike Williams this week. Um, but even even then, he had another great combine. I think he's a lot of uh, top 20 pick status, maybe even Cleveland at 13 as well. Traylon Burks had a disappointing combine. I thought he was going to blow up the combine. But either way, being a 6'2", receiver, four five forty is something to sneeze at. His vertical jump wasn't as high as people thought it was. Tape's still really good. Um, I think he's still the top 20, top 25 pick. Um, just the way that you could use him, give him the ball in a myriad of ways. He thinks he's kind of a Debo Samuel type. So, yes, he, he I think he would have probably pushed to be my number one receiver if he had that combine I was expecting him to do. Um, but either way, he's still a really good prospect. Calvin Awesome, the third, did what everyone thought he was going to do. He ran a very fast 40. Um, He's going to be a really good slot receiver in the NFL. Smaller smaller build, um, but again, he's going to excel. He had a great career in Memphis, um, and his 40 time really solidified his top in his day two status. Um, Christian Watson from North, North Dakota State continued his strong offseason. He had a great senior bowl, blew up the Conrad, 4 4 uh, 40, 40 plus in vertical jump. Uh, I like to see in, in, in the past season drills, I thought he was a little unnatural going after the ball. Um, I think it's almost he's not much of a hands catcher from what I've seen. Um, I know he's going to work on that. I'm not saying he can't be. But even, you know, Terry McLaurin's you know, the best he was in the NFL, and sometimes he doesn't you know, use his hands all the time. So it's not the end-all, be-all, but he's just a little unnatural sometimes, especially in the gauntlet drill. But either way, I think he's definitely be a second-round pick as well. George Pickens had a great, you know, combine running a 4-4 from Georgia. I loved him coming before before his ACL injury and before he um, before the 2021 season. He only was able to play a couple games at the end of the year due to that ACL injury. came back, you know, very quickly. I uh, expected him to have a really nice NFL career. I think he would have been a first-round pick if he didn't have that injury and had more tape to show of the 2021 season. Uh, but I think he'd be a great pick in the second round for Washington or someone else looking for a, you know, really good number two receiver, maybe, you know, some potential to be a top option in an offense. Offensive line, Iki Aquanu had a great combine, sub 540. Um, I think he's really pushing Evan Neal to be the number one tackle. Evan Neal didn't really work out. Um, so, you know, Aquanu tried to make some ground up there. I think the Jaguars definitely will consider him. Um, but they did also tag Cam Robinson this week, so maybe they're going to you know, switch to Aiden Hutchinson as their top pick. Charles Cross had a nice combine. Um, predominantly was a pass protector at Mississippi State under that Mike Leach offense, so you know you know he can do it. He's going to develop that run game, and I think it's a little easier to develop and run, you know, run blocking style and as a pass blocking style. Um, I think he's very much in play in the top 10 picks, especially Carolina at 6. Trevor Penny had a great combine, another guy, um, sub 540, didn't expect to see that. He's a nasty guy. He was trying to always get in fights with people at the Senior Bowl. He could be in the top 10 as well now. Um, again, me with Carolina at 6, and uh, other teams looking for the tackles in the top 10, even the Jets at 10. Um, in the movies, the defensive line, um, Raekwon Davis was the star of the combine. The guy, you know, 330, um, really a nose tackle, but the dude ran a 478, which is just wild to think about um, to be that size and be able to be that athletic and very reminiscent um, of uh, Vita Vea from Tampa Bay a few years ago who had a really nice combine as well, being that size. Davis is even more athletic. I think he solidified a top 20 status. I really like him with the Chargers at pick 17, but maybe with this combine, he might have lasted 17 with the Chargers. Trayvon Walker, 451 in Georgia. 
I think he was more of a top 20 pick before the combine. Now he's creeping more in the top 10. Um, some people think he can even go as high as to Houston at three um, or Detroit at two if Hayden Hudson does go number one of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, this Georgia defense is loaded, and Trayvon Walker was another guy that's kind of overshadowed um, due to the, all the talent on that you know on that side of the ball. Um, but he did have six sacks last year, and again he's you know in play for the Giants at five, even the like I said the Lions at two. The Falcons at eight, so he's going to be a guy that's going to be a top ten pick. David Ojabu had a four five five, uh, the opposite of Aiden Hudson, Aiden Hudson on the um, uh, at Michigan's defense. Jabu's top five team pick. Another guy I can see the Falcons picking at eight, even Cleveland at thirteen. Guy teams like that, um, really solid forty. He's going to be a double digit sack guy. Devontae Wyatt four seven seven, defense tackle from Georgia, and another great again that Georgia defense again four seven seven, really good, really good time for his size. He's a borderline first-round pick. Jermaine Johnson, the second. I think he's going to be a top 20, top 25 pick, 4-5-8. He was a Georgia transfer because he couldn't get time, time there. Became AC Defensive Player of the Year at the Florida State. Shows what kind of depth Georgia had. Um, again, the sack guy. He could be in play um, for teams like Arizona and Dallas in the you know, mid-20s and could go even sooner to a team like Philly, you know, the 15-16 range. Boye Mafe, the Minnesota edge rusher, 4-5-3. Another guy mentioned with teams above, he could be a um, top 25 pick. Had a really nice senior bowl, continuing that at the combine. And then the fastest 40 ever for defensive lineman was Virginia Tech's Amari Barno. Um, I think he's a second or third round pick now. He ran a 4-3-6, guy. Definitely an outside edge rusher. Needs to put on a little more weight to play in a 3-4 scheme. But again, his athleticism was you know off the charts there at the combine. and really helped his status last week in Indianapolis. Get a hit on two linebackers. Devin Lloyd had a disappointing combine. I thought he was going to have a much... You know, faster 40 time. He's 6'3", 237. This was his official measurements were, but he only ran a 4.71. You know, you put that in comparison to um, Raekwon Davis, who ran a 4.78, who's 3.30. So, I mean, either way, I think Lloyd plays faster than on tape. I think he's still a you know solid first-round pick. Um, and someone the Washington could consider 11, but that would be a little rich now for the combine. And um, N'Kobe Dean, he's a guy, didn't really work out. He uh, He's going to work out his pro day, but he went 5. He was 5'11". 229 to the official measurements. Obviously, a smaller for solid size for a middle linebacker, but again, his tape is great. Again, he's going to be a top 20, top 25 pick as well, um, and someone that is going to lead you know someone's defense for years to come. Uh, looking at the secondary, cornerback um, from uh, Texas San Antonio, Tarek Wooten, 6'4", 205. He ran a 4.26, fastest of all DBs, 40-inch vertical. Um, someone that I went to watch his, his tape more, you know, wasn't really looking at him, you know, coming from UTSA. But either way, I think he's a second or third round pick now with those numbers. Being that size and running that fast for 40 is, you know, crazy to think about. So, shockingly, another Georgia defender here at safety, Lewis Seen, he ran a 4.38. Um, he's a true, you know, middle of the field type free safety. I think he's going to go in the second round. Mod Sass Gardner. Um, I think he's going to push Derek Sealing for the top cornerback, even if he already isn't now. Um, you know, Stingley is a guy that didn't work out because of injury, and he's only going to keep sliding if he doesn't really put any more um, workouts out there because he really hasn't much tape over the last two years um, for scouts to watch. But um, he measured in a 6'3, 190. Um, he ran a 441. He didn't allow a touchdown his whole college career at corner. He said he plans to do the same thing in the NFL. I think they'll be hard to do, but either way, I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. Kyle Hamilton thought he was going to have a faster 40. I thought he was just based off his tape. I mean, he's all over the field. Did measure in a 6'4", 220. Had a nice 30-inch uh, vertical jump. But again, 4'5", 940. Not horrible. I just thought I was giving him one the 4'4 range. He's still a top five pick to me. Uh, Trent McDowell from Washington. Solid combine. 5'11", 193. Ran a 4'4", 4'4". I guess even going to the Bills. Uh, Kansas City area. That top 25. Even Dallas. 
Kyler Gordon from Washington. He had a little more disappointing combine. He was a track star at high school. Thought he'd run faster than a 4.52. He's 5'11", 194. But again, he's he must up a little more to the second round now, but still a really good talent there, especially in the slot. And then lastly, Michigan safety, Daxton Hill, 6'191". He ran as fast as everyone thought he was going to do. He ran a 4.38. He could play in the nickel. He could play in the slot. Uh, he could play a little bit outside if you really wanted to, but he's more of a free safety, I think, in the NFL. And someone may watch it considering the second round if he slides that far. Okay, now looking at free agency for Washington. Um, obviously, I'm going to go through some positions here, some players I like, some guys that maybe they can target and hopefully bring this team starting next week. Um, first, yeah, I guess you could talk about the big news in the NFL this week. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers decided to stay with Green Bay. He refuted reports that he signed that four-year, $200 million extension, but he did say he's coming back. He tweeted that he is coming back, but he has not signed that contract, so I don't know what, you know, what that means. And then, obviously, the big news, Denver trading for Russell Wilson, leaving a lot of Washington fans heartbroken. Um, you know, Seattle was able to get two ones, two twos, a fifth round pick. Drew Locke, who's, you know, not a starting quarterback. Noah Fan, who is a, a good young tight end who's gonna be, you know, starting from them from day one as soon as he gets to Seattle. And then uh, Shelby Harris who's a good defensive lineman. Um, but he's thirty years old and someone that's gonna be a good locker room guy for Seattle, but it's not like he's a you know, world beater at defensive end then for them. He's probably gonna play actually defensive tackle for Seattle coming from three four in Denver. And Denver obviously got Russell Wilson in a fourth round pick. So um, it seems like Washington beat that offer, but from all kinds of purposes, either they didn't want to trade him the NFC or Russell Wilson just didn't want to come to Washington, which I understand off field stuff. Plus, Denver has a really nice young team. He has a lot of weapons to throw to with Jerry Judy, um, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, um, even Albert Abumaquan is going to be a tight end taking over for Noah Fant. Um, and, you know, obviously they have Jamal Tate Williams running back. They might sign Melvin Gordon, re sign Melvin Gordon. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be good. I mean, they have KJ Hamler, a receiver as well. Good solid left tackle and Garrett Bowles. Um, Dalton Reiser on the inside. Good defense. You know, obviously, Bradley Chubb on the outside. They needed someone else to replace Von Miller, who they traded during the season. Um, good secondary. Obviously, Patrick Zutan second had a great rookie year. Um, good safeties. Kareem Jackson, we signed him back. Uh, Justin Simmons, a free safety. So, they're a good team, to, you know, basically the point I'm trying to make. So, I understand him going to Denver. Obviously, it's going to be a hell of a division between... Justin Herbert with the Chargers, Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, Russell Wilson with the Broncos, and Derek Carr with the Raiders. That's a loaded division. He went from the hardest division in the NFC to the hardest division in the AFC. So I don't think competitors really think of it that way, but it would have been probably easier for him than he was in the NFC East. But, uh, you know, either way, that door is shut for Washington. Well, I was going to start the free agency podcast with a talk of who Washington can sign a quarterback. But after I did some first record and had to saw that Carson Wentz was traded to Washington. So Carson Wentz is now going to be the quarterback for the Washington Commanders here in 2022. Uh, it's a very interesting move. Uh, I think it's a little bit desperate, to be honest, because they're taking on a $28 million cap hit for this offseason. That really going to put a dent in any plans that I'm going to talk about here going forward about free agency. Uh, they're going to be left with $5 million in cap space now. Um, so I'm sure Landon Collins... Eric Flowers, uh, guys like that are going to either get cut or restructured um, because they're going to need some cap space here to make some other moves. Um, they can't just rely on Carson Wentz being their big offseason signing this or offseason acquisition uh, for the year. Um, you know, he's a guy. He'll be 30 in December. Um, he was 322 of 516 um, pass attempts this year. He had 3,563 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Those are good stats um, and face value. But he's a guy that came up small in big moments. Obviously, those last two games against the Raiders and Jaguars are the main reason this team is moving on from him. If he wins one of those two games and they're in the playoffs, I don't think they make this move, especially with no real um, 
option to fall on for Indianapolis. I guess they're going to be right in the free agency market looking for Trubisky or Bridgewater or Jameis Winston, or maybe they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But, um, you know, right now they, they basically gave away Wentz to, to Washington. Um, again, with that $20 million cap hit, Washington only have $5 million left in cap space. The good news of that is that there's no guaranteed money left after this year, so they can cut, cut him after the 2022 season and have um, – Get out, get out from the contract scot free, and you know, build some cap space for whatever happens. Now, I, I think a pick, a quarterback at the eleventh pick, I think is probably off the table right now, unless Malik Willis is there. Um, but I think they're going to now go corner, wide receiver, linebacker, just because I don't think it makes sense to draft a quarterback that high with as much money you have towards Carson. Again, if Malik's there, I'm still very much interested because his high, his upside's you know extremely high, and a guy I'm really high on, you know. Burying the lead. The deal was for two third round picks, 2022 and 2023. The 2023 can become a second round pick if he plays more than 70% of snaps in 2022 for Washington. Um, they also swapped second round picks in the 2022 draft. So Washington will be dropping down about five spots now in the second round. Um, so, you know, they gave up a good amount of capital for the guy. Clearly, they believe he's an upgrade over Heineke and I tend to believe that as well he has a really good arm Heineke does and he's mobile not as mobile as Heineke but he can definitely pick up some yards with his legs so again it's a very interesting move see if this see if that inspires Terry to sign his long-term deal sooner rather than later maybe they can you know get a receiver to come like Amari or Allen Robinson I don't know about that but at least they at least can have someone they can point to when talking to free agents about who this is going to be the quarterback here for 2022. So it'll be very interesting to see how free agency is now gone about and how um, they approach the draft because this, this changes a lot of things. And Carson wins a couple years ago. I think a lot of Washington fans never would have thought the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback is now going to be their starting quarterback in 2022. If they told if you if someone told us back in 2017 after the great year, I think the fan base would be ecstatic. But a lot has changed since then. He's had a lot of off the field locker room problems that teammates didn't seem to like him. And it also just, he's had a lot of production that was gone downhill, especially in 2020 when he had 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in Philly. That led to the trade to Philly, excuse me, to the Colts. Or again, he had a good statistical year, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, but he did come up small in the biggest moment. So this team can still win with him if they can have a good defense like they were supposed to have last year, make some adjustments, bring in a guy like at linebacker like a Bobby Wagner, who I'm going to talk about coming up soon, or Devondre Campbell. A full side, a little con, or bring a safety like Tyron Matthew. Um, maybe get a big name receiver, but again, a lot of things changed now with that cap of twenty eight million dollars, and now Washington's only gonna have five million in cap space. Now again, a lot of things can be maneuvered. Um, I expect Lightland and Collins to get restructured or cut, but I think the team wants to keep him, and I think they should keep him. Um, or and again, Eric Flowers has a ten million dollar cap that they can get out of, but they need him, especially with Sheriff looking like he's going to leave. Um, so again, it, it changed the whole dynamic of the offseason. Buckle up. It's going to be an exciting time here going forward. Running back, I want this team to resign J.D. McKissick. I think he's the most important penny for agent for this team. As long as his neck injury checks out, he should be one of the top priorities to bring back. He's a great mix with Antonio Gibson. He's a hell of a third down back. Some of the guys to look at is Sony Michelle for the Rams. Um, if they want another a pounder to pair with Antonio Gibson, he might be someone to consider. And then someone to replace J.D. McKissick if he leaves and is Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals. He's another great guy out of the backfield. Probably a little better runner than McKissick, even though I think McKissick's a little underrated in that part of his game. But Chase Edmonds is a younger back, um, someone they can bring in and pair with Antonio Gibson. A receiver, you have the receivers of own from Washington. You got Cam Sims, 
who was never really utilized as much as he could have been here in Washington. So I don't know if he's going to want to leave to other opportunities elsewhere. Adam Humphreys had a nice year in the slot last year. And then DeAndre Carter, who had a great year for them as a return game and even gave him a good amount of receiver. I think they could look to bring back all three. Obviously, not all three are going to be back. Um, I think DeAndre Carter probably is the most likely to be back of those three. Um, but if Cam Sims is back, I think it's you know good for the two, too. I think he's a really good big receiver, the best his team has. Um, for a guy of that size. So um, seeing they already reached out to him, so we'll see what happens. As far as, you know, open market free agents, you get Amari Cooper, who hasn't officially been released by Dallas. Um, it looks like they're still trying to trade him, and the team might be able to restructure his contract to soften the blow of that cap hit. Um, but he had, you know, 68 catches, 885 yards, and eight touchdowns last year. He'll be 28 in June. Still a young guy. Um, obviously, this team was all over him two years ago, try to get him under a five-year, $110 million extension that he declined and eventually resigned with Dallas. But if, if he is free, I expect the team to probably go after him just because I think, you know, the interest has been there before, and he'd be a great option to pair with Terry. Then you have Allen Robinson. He did down year last year, really not as much as fault as his own. He had 38 catches, 410 yards, and a touchdown, but he had back-to-back 1,000-yard season before that. He'll be 29 in August. Um, I think he still is a really, really good receiver and someone that would be great with Terry, um, someone that could take the pressure off Terry, and Allen Robinson can have a great great season playing opposite of him. So he's someone that I really like. Um, he'll be 29 in August. Um, but um, then you have DJ Chark Jr., he's more a mid-level guy. He only played in a couple games last year before breaking his ankle, but he had seven catches, 154 yards, and two touchdowns in that time. He's a younger guy. He'll be 26 when the season season starts. Um, and the guy that had 1,000 yards in 2019 where he was a pro lawyer for the Jaguars playing with Gardner Minshew. So um, he's able to play with, you know, average to below average quarterbacks. 6'4 guy, a really good deep threat, someone that, again, that could pair well with Terry. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster at 15 catches, 129 yards. Um, missed most of the year last year due to injury, so he'll only be 25 on the season starts. Definitely more of a slot guy, but you like that it, you know his youth. Obviously, his offense is going to be a little annoying, but maybe someone this team looks at. Um, so lower level guys, you got Russell Gage Jr. from Atlanta, who Atlanta probably looked to bring back after the Calvin Ridley suspension. But um, he had 66 catches, 770 yards, and four touchdowns last year. He'll be 26 going to next year. Zach Pascal from the Colts. Um, he had 38 catches, 384 yards, and three touchdowns last year. He'll be 28 when the season begins. But he did have 1,200 yards in tw- from 2019 to 2020 as well. So he had a, a better run before last year uh, coming with the Colts. And then another guy, Dallas receiver Cedric Wilson Jr., he had a really nice year filling in for all those injuries. He had 45 catches, 602 yards, and six touchdowns. He'll be 26 with season starts. He's predominantly a slot guy. I think he's a good lot. I think he'd be a thousand yard receiver with more opportunities and someone they can commit to if they you know really just want to have Curtis Samuel on the outside. Um, having said all that, with these receivers, it's going to be hard to get a top guy like Amari Cooper or Allen Robinson, especially with the uncertainty of quarterback. Everyone knows that maybe it's more easy to draft a guy in the first round like Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks or in the second round like George Pickens or Christian Watson. So someone that could help, you know, take some pressure off Terry. Or I guess maybe they have full faith in the bring back Cam Sins and De'Ami Brown take that huge step. So I still really like De'Ami, but I think it's a lot to just expect him to take such a huge jump from year one to year two. So we'll see. I think receiver still is an important position for this team to look at. Tight end, you have Mo Alley Cox from the Colts. He'll be 28. He's a local guy. He played basketball at VCU. Never even played college football. Um, but he's a guy that's a good red zone threat. A guy that I really like is O.J. Howard. This team was seen to be interested in him a few years ago when they were trying to trade Trent Williams. He only had come back from his Achilles injury. He had 14 catches, 135 yards, a touchdown. He'll only be 27 when the season starts. Obviously, uh, he had limited reps last year playing behind Gronk and Cameron Bray. But he's a guy that I'd love to bring in, you know, especially if Logan Thomas is slow to begin the season. I'm coming back from that torn ACL. Um, and obviously, John Bates is a good tight end, too. Um, so, you know, I, maybe they don't need one, but I think it's someone they could consider, especially on a low-level one-year deal. And whatever tight ends they consider, you got Joe Dover from the Seattle Seahawks, so they probably won't resign after trading for Noah Fant. 
and then Ricky Seals Jones, you know, and Frey Jenner for Washington. So um, he had a solid year for, you know, stepping up for Logan Thomas, so he could be brought it back, back back as well. Off his line, he had Brandon Sheriff, obviously. I don't see this team resigning him. So some guys you can look through. Replenish that is James Daniels, the guard from the Bears. He's only 25. Started every game in his career except 2020 when he had torn peck. He's a solid interior offensive lineman. Connor Williams from the Cowboys. He was very highly penalized for Dallas last year, but he still is a solid player. He's 25. Maybe someone they can look at at a lesser price, obviously, than the chair to bring in. And then Austin Corbett, the Rams guard. He's 27. Another guy that had a really good season for the Rams last year. They're super winning Los Angeles Rams. Someone they can maybe bring in to replace Sheriff. But you know, maybe they're cool with West Weiser taking over or Sadiq Charles. But uh, And they have faith in those guys. I understand it. That, you know, uh, West has played well when he's had a start, and Charles has some upside. So, But, again, if they're looking outside, those are three guys to look at. Defensive line-wise, you have Tim Settle, who I'd love to bring back for this team. I think he's a lot of untapped potential, um, but I totally expect him to go somewhere else for a bigger opportunity. He deserves it. Um, but if they somehow trade Deron Payne, maybe Tim Settle, you know, someone they look to bring back. But at this point, it looks like Deron is staying here, so I think Settle's going to leave. Some uh, edge rushers I would look at to back up Chase and um, Montez Sweat be Justin Houston. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Jerry Hughes, all guys over 30, but I still can give you five to six sacks a year, especially in situational roles. Middle linebacker, it's a position I'm really looking at here. Got some in-depth guys to go over for you. Bobby Wagner, just got covered with the Seahawks. I think he'd be the top choice for this team. I don't know if he'd want to come here, but he, you know, even with being 32 starting next year, he had 170 tackles, one sack, one interception last year. Ultimate locker room leader guy. Um, quintessential example of a you know, great middle linebacker. Someone that can run your defense, so that would be a you know top shelf option for this team to come in and uh, pair with this young defense. Um, you got Demondre Campbell, the Packers linebacker, who had All Pro year last year, playing in the minimum. He had 146 tackles, two interceptions, and two sacks. He'll be 29 when the season starts. He's definitely going to get a raise. Um, someone that Washington you know has some cast things, maybe they they spend on a guy like that. Um, you got AJ Alexander from the. Um, uh, excuse me, Alexander Johnson from the Broncos. He got hurt five, six games after five, six games last year. He will be 30 when the season starts. He had a late start to his career because I mean, he had a rape charge coming out of college that proved to be, um, he was proved to be innocent, so he's a later start to his career, so he's a young 30. But he had 32 tackles and two sacks uh, for the Broncos in that limited action last year. But the Broncos are really high in him and someone that Washington should look to bring in just because He's a quality player, and again, he's a young 30. He only played a couple years, and someone that you know is looking to make an impact on NFL defense. Um, yeah, to Luakon for the Falcons. He had 109 tackles, 192 tackles, two sacks, and three interceptions. Small guy, small, small, small school guy from Yale, so you know he's intelligent. Um, he'll be 27 when the season starts. Another guy they can look to in the eight to ten million dollar range, and uh, hopefully he can lead that middle linebacker position for them. You have the Chargers, Kaiser White. He had a breakout year for the Chargers last year. The former converted safety. 144 tackles, one sack, two interceptions. He'll only be 26 when the season starts. He played 3-4 inside linebacker from the Chargers. Uh, might be a little bit of, you know, adjusting for him to be a 4-3 Mike, but, you know, I think, you know, he has the talent to do it um, and the intelligence. And then you have Cowboys linebacker Van, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch. He played not – he actually played 17 games last year. That was his biggest, you know, downfall in 2019 and 2020. He barely played, but he was able to stay healthy all last year. He wasn't playing every down, but he still had a good season, 76, 77 tackles, one ta- one sack, one interception. He'll be 26 when the season starts. Anthony Walker Jr. is a guy that I wanted them to sign last year coming from the Colts. He signed a one-year deal with the Browns. He had 113 tackles, one sack. He'll only be 27 when the season starts. Another good locker room guy, someone that could play the Mike Linebacker position. Then you have the Titans linebacker, Jayon Brown. 
he was the guy that I wanted to sign last year too before he re-signed with the Titans for one year deal. 55 tackles, one interception, hole in B27. And then lastly of the Broncos, Josie Jewell. Um, he had 113 tackles and two sacks in 2020. He was hurt, but all of one game last year. Um, for the Broncos, he will only be like a 27 when the season starts. Another guy they could look to maybe get you know a little bit of a discount since he missed last all last year, but he's another talented guy that hopefully they could pair with Cole Holcomb or Jamin Davis. I'm going to skip cornerback. I don't see them being a big you know play for cornerback after the money they already tied, tied up between William Jackson and Kendall Fuller. I think it could be a position to need in draft, though. Safety of Tyron Matthew, the biggest name. Um, obviously, he's an all-pro. Um, been a great player ever since he was drafted in 2013. 76 tackles, one sack, three interceptions. He'll be 30 when the season starts. He could play close to the line. He could play center field type. Um, again, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. You're going to you know, pay him 15, 16 million dollars a year, but if you think he can um, catapult his defense to be even greater and to be great, I think that would be a great move. Then you have Marcus Williams. Uh, Saint safety, 74 tackles, two interceptions last year. He'll only be 26 when the season starts. Another guy that's going to be double-digit million uh, year, uh, million, uh, at least you know probably 11 or 12 million a year for safety, if not a little more for a guy like of his quality. Then you have Marcus May for the Jets. He was franchise tag last year by the Jets. He had 46 tackles and one sack. He was limited um, to injury. Another guy that could probably maybe give him a one-year prove a deal, but he has you know great potential to play free safety or strong safety for the you know Washington Commanders. But obviously can't cross that strong safety position locked down. Quadre Dix from the Seahawks. I don't know if they're going to resign him after all these moves. They traded Russell Wilson, potentially trading Tyra Lockett. They already cut Bobby Wagner. But he had 94 tackles and five interceptions last year. He'll be 29. He did break uh, his fibula in the last game of the year, so he's coming off of that. But he is a talented you know, free safety in the NFL. And you have Justin Reed for the Texans. 66 tackles, two interceptions, and he'll only be 25 when the season starts. So he's a good young guy with upside. And this team should look for you know young free agents like that to grow with for this defense. And lastly, Bob McCain, um, who obviously his team is looking to bring back, and I think they'll look to bring him back and still look to bring someone else because Bob McCain is someone that can play in the slot. He can play safety, free or strong, and just a good guy to have on the team. And then lastly, Landon Collins. I hope they keep him. I think he was a really good you know, player for them the second half of the year, obviously in that Buffalo nickel role, not really much of a safety anymore, but a really good guy to have in this team um, in the locker room and on the field. Obviously, he was you know, stellar those last eight or nine games of the year before he got, got put on IR those last few games of the year. My opinion, I'd love to go after Amari Cooper. Again, that's if he gets, you know, actually cut by Dallas. I don't know if it's going to happen. Allen Robinson in that same kind of breath, but again, it's going to be hard to bring a guy like that for quarterback um, without a, you know, long-term answer quarterback. Safety, I like a guy like Justin Reed due to his age, even a Quadre Diggs. I, I would be cool with him going all in on Tyron, Tyron Matthew. I think he's a great safety to have for this team. Love to go after a Bobby Wagner type, but maybe you settle for a guy like Eddie Johnson from the Broncos, or even Kaiser White from the Chargers. Or Josie Jewell from the Broncos, so another guy from the Broncos. And I like, like I said, I mentioned O.J. Howard. I think he'd be a good fit for this team, especially with Logan Thomas coming back from injury. Well, that, that includes the Roman League episode. The Commanders have the money to upgrade at a few different positions this year. A lot of options that could put this team hopefully back in, ten- back in attention in 2022 in the NFC East. Next, weekend, next week, free agency starts, so I'll be back with an episode talking about all the biggest moves. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.